podcast cafe podcast i'm so excited to have you all here my name is kavya and i am your host so as you all can tell by the title of this video i'm going to be discussing the end of the era thank god the kissing booth trilogy in particular the kissing booth three so i obviously have a lot of opinions as most people do but this episode is going to be a bit shorter than the last two episodes I think that's more just because while I do have uh, several opinions, they're not as deep since the movies just don't have a lot of depth to them and aren't very just deep in general. So I don't have as much to say about each point, so we're going to kind of go through it a little bit quicker. Before I get into it, just want to let you all know that you should hit the follow button hit the notification bell. I post every Friday. That way you can get notified, get reminded that I'm posting. That would mean the world to me. And uh, of course, once again, going to remind you um, that this episode's going to contain spoilers. I'm going to be talking about the Kissing Booth franchise as a whole. In particular, going to be talking obviously about the third one since that literally just came out this past week. And it's the one that I have just the most memory of. So let's get right into it. So my history with the franchise, um, I watched the first one the day it came out. I was scrolling on Netflix that fine day in 2018, stumbled upon it, and for whatever reason, I clicked on it, I was bored, I was actually in the midst of choosing a new show to binge, so I was like, I'm just gonna watch this today. So I kind of watched it before it really gained any traction. And then I remember going to school and I was in theater and I was talking to my friend and she was telling me how she watched it as well, like just recently, and it kind of became a big buzz. So it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I definitely ate this movie up. I thought it was so good. I thought it was the next best thing. Okay, maybe I didn't think it was the next best thing, but I did think it was really good. I really liked Ellen Noah. Um, I just thought it was such a cute movie and I thought it was so funny and so quirky and had like such a good plot. Um, also, best friend's brother is one of my favorite tropes so I think that I also just kind of let that get in my head a little bit as well. Um, I just remember watching the movie several times like within a very short period of time. Within the first few weeks that the movie was out I watched it again and again and again and obviously after that I stopped because the craze kind of moved on which is kind of funny because at least from where I was and in my uh, friend circle and everything like that the movie was pretty popular within the first month. I think that people I mean the reviews might have been pretty mixed if not negative but general public I saw a lot of people who just enjoyed it too even if they could admit it wasn't a particularly great you know Oscar worthy movie obviously but I think that after that is kind of when the movie kind of like obviously got a little bit more meme worthy it became more of a running joke and people started to really pick it apart uh, also around the time that the actors in the film, Joey King and Jacob Elordi specifically um, kind of gained more fame in other projects, the act and Euphoria respectively. They, it kind of, that also added to it where people were kind of trashing, 
or kind of just trashing it a bit, um, ripping it apart. And I guess that makes sense because they had definitely moved on to bigger things. So when the second one uh, was planning to come out, I decided I would revisit the first one just so I could be prepared. And I was shocked to realize how cringy it was. And I was just sitting there like there is no way that I ever thought these movies or this movie was good. I was embarrassed for myself. I was like, this is not a good movie at all. What was I thinking? I could have been slightly swayed by seeing the general public kind of shift their opinion and seeing how uh, they kind of realized it was cringy. Or I could have just been blind the first time. I really don't know what it is, where I went wrong. But of course, um, I am a rom-com fanatic. I'm going to continue watching them as they come out because I'm simply still too invested. I'm also one of the most easily entertained people on the planet. So if I say something isn't very good, then that's gotta mean something. But when the second one came out, I watched that and then Obviously, I never actually ended up rewatching the second one um, after the first time I watched it. And then the third one came out, I watched it the night it aired. And then I haven't touched it since. Probably will never touch any of these movies ever again. Unless one day I'm just feeling in the mood and I'm with my friends and we want to laugh at something. And even that, at that, it would probably be the first one that we put on. So I pretty much just had a huge attitude change with the films. Um, But yeah, I think one of the biggest flaws with the films is the unrealisticness of them. They don't make any sense. And it's okay if shows shows and movies go a little bit off a bit. You're watching these things for a reason. You want to escape reality a little bit. And... I don't mind that. I love that. I love a little bit of the exaggerations and everything like that. But there are just some things about the movie and its unrealisticness that simply bother me. So some of these are from the Kissing Booth 3 and some of these are from the previous ones. But here are like the main ones and they all kind of revolve around how this movie series um, just puts college into the mix. So the first one that comes to mind is in the third one when Elle and Noah are planning to get their own apartment and Elle is going to be a freshman. That bothers me simply because you cannot get an apartment off campus your freshman year. Freshmen are required to dorm um, unless you have already been living within a certain radius from the school. For example, the college that I'm going to be going to this year, I have been living um, within that radius from the school I'm going to for over two years, so I'm eligible to commute from where I am as a freshman. Elle would not be allowed to do that because California, Harvard, which is in like, on the other coast, completely other sides of the country. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Also, the way that they um, kind of deal with the college application process as a whole is completely wrong. 
everything in the second one as Elle and Lee are applying to college. It isn't even how it's done. Everything about how they're applying, when they're applying, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense um, for a lot of this to be happening towards the um, the very, very end, towards summer. Berkeley and Harvard calling Elle on the phone at graduation doesn't make any sense because why on earth would that happen? And then in this movie as well, Elle waiting so long to decide also doesn't make sense. Colleges have a deadline. They're not going to be waiting until August, which is the same month that college starts, for you to decide if you're coming there or not. They have things to prepare. They need to get schedules ready. They need to um, have an, they need to anticipate what the number of the incoming class is going to be like. I do understand that if she had actually been waitlisted for these schools, which, spoiler alert, she wasn't. She literally lied about that. But if she was waitlisted for these schools, that is a different story. Then you can, at least for when I was waitlisted, you have until July for that. But that's not the case. These were acceptances she should have accepted a long time ago. And these are all very minor era, er, not eras, errors, but they do bother me a lot. And I think that's more just coming from the perspective of someone who's just gone through the college process. It's kind of one of those errors that gets a little bit frustrating because they're like the smallest of details. And it's like, you couldn't have found a way to go around this it's just a little bit bothersome. So The Kissing Booth in comparison to other Netflix rom-coms. So the To All the Boys trilogy is the best Netflix rom-com anything in my opinion. Um, I think that most of the other ones are objectively bad. The Kissing Booth's not good. Tall Girl, not good. Sierra Burgess is a loser, not good. Um, Work It, I kind of liked. I thought it was a cute movie, and I think it's getting a second one, so that's pretty exciting. So we can leave them out of this narrative, but most of them are just not good, so I think that um, Netflix is just not doing a very good job with their rom-coms, and I think a lot of that does come from the fact that two things. Number one, the unrealisticness of basic things that can be avoided. Number two, the whole overly cheesiness of it. It doesn't even come off as genuine. It just comes off as fake. And obviously that's something that nobody really enjoys watching because they can kind of um, see that a mile away. And number three, it's Netflix especially's attempt to try to get the younger generation to relate. They tried over-the-top uses of slang and everything like that. And it just, it, it does come across as a bit too much at times. So now to get into a little bit more discussion about things within the movie itself. So let's start off by talking about Noah and Elle's relationship. So the first film, I remember shipping Noah and Elle. Like I said, um, best friend's brother, one of my favorite tropes. I also thought that 
Joey and Jacob had really good chemistry because obviously they were dating at the time. I thought it was really good and I really enjoyed it. But that also came from the perspective of someone who liked the movies in general. As we progressed forward, a lot of people kind of split in the second movie. I would like to say it's half-half with um, Marco and Noah. I am not one of the people that switched up. I was, you know, obviously Noah and Elle are not the most perfect couple in any way, and a lot of that chemistry definitely did get lost with Joey and Jacob's breakup, but I wasn't team Marco either. I didn't feel anything there. There was no buzz for me. It was just very stale. So I'm not a hardcore Noah and Elle shipper, but my um, side still kind of resides in that corner. So now let's talk about Elle and Lee's friendship. I know a lot of people don't really like them as friends and I don't particularly know why. I don't think it's perfect in any way and I have several points to talk about later um, in regards to that, but I think that it's also really nice to see um, a platonic male-female friendship like this. I thought it was really cute and although they, their friendship is very flawed and there's a lot of obvious things that are just extremely just wrong with it, I think the general concept for it was okay and it could have been executed better, yes, but I did in retrospect, like their friendship. So now let's talk about Lee and Rachel's relationship. So in the first movie, um, when Rachel was first introduced, uh, her, she was the one that ends up going to kiss Lee when nobody else wants to. So from that beginning point, I really liked her because I really liked Lee and I was happy that she was stepping up and it made me so happy to see Lee happy. But then after that, we didn't really get to know her at all. In the second movie, her plot revolved around being jealous of Lee and Elle's friendship and obviously that's kind of valid but they definitely tried to portray her and her feelings about it as annoying and if Lee and Rachel were the couple in the end that got the end game I feel like they should have made more of an effort to get try to get us to know Rachel a little bit more because then most of us are sitting back like we don't even care when I found out that Lee and Rachel were endgame instead of Noah and Elle, the couple we were supposed to be following for the last three, four years. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense why Lee and Rachel, a couple that nobody cares about because they were never expanded and just gone into more and Rachel was never developed. It just didn't make sense. There was nothing about it that made any sense. So now let's talk about Marco and Chloe as characters. Even if you're team Marco, like, go you, that's totally fine, but it made no sense for Marco and Chloe to be in this movie. I do get that the second and third movie were filmed at the exact same time, so getting a hold of these two actors was, was probably very easy since they were literally shooting these two movies at the exact same time, as in they were filming the second one one day, the third one the next day, the second one the day after, like that intertwined. The several people in the cast were literally saying that um, they didn't even know which scenes were in which movies. It just, that's how much they were filming kind of in between each other. But 
Um, so it's probably very easy to get Marco and Chloe on board to be in this movie, but it felt so unnecessary. It definitely felt like they were trying to cling on to a story aspect of the second one, which made the f- plot feel a little bit repetitive. It didn't make sense for Marco to be in this movie because we all saw that Marco was not even close to being an option for Elle. Um, obviously, they were semi trying to hold on to this love triangle with Marco's feelings still being present for Elle, which he made very clear, but it was very obvious that L was not reciprocating that and he wasn't really an option at all so it felt pretty pointless for him to be there at all. I also found his character to be pretty annoying in this movie. I think that also just kind of stems from the fact that I just don't think he should have been in it at all. The second one, um, I didn't even find him as annoying as I did in the third. I just found half of his actions to be confusing and it was just frustrating most of the time watching him there. On Chloe's side of it, she did even less than Marco in this movie and it didn't make any sense why she would be there. She, just like Marco, it felt like they wanted Marco and Chloe to still be a little bit of a conflict point between Noah and Elle, but it just felt stupid because it was like, this plot is supposed to be revolved, not revolved, resolved, We've already established that Chloe does not like Noah. Why do we still need her here? Why do we still need a plot of Elle being insecure about it? Also, it does kind of reinforce the fact that Noah and Elle never had a sit-down conversation about the Marco and Chloe situation, so there's probably a lot of unresolved tension and feelings there. But I feel like that's something that didn't need to be repeated in the third one. It felt unnecessary and it felt like a waste of time. And anytime they were on my screen, it felt like a waste of screen time that could have gone towards anything but that. So now let's talk about the tragic, 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 tragic flash forward. So I already mentioned this when I was talking about Lee and Rachel and Noah and Elle. But Noah and Elle not ending up together made zero sense. Um... We have been watching these movies for the last three, four years and following them along as a couple. I know that a lot of movies these days like to have these moments where they kind of leave things up in the open so that the audience can interpret. Um, But this is a movie. This is a rom-com at the end of the day. I want these kinds of movies to be tied in a nice little bow and say here. It felt very pointless to have been watching these movies. And obviously they're an implied endgame. It's kind of very obvious that Noah and Al will get together in the future. It just, I feel like they should have done a better job of just leaving them together at the end. Like, it didn't make sense. Also the fact that they just hadn't talked in years apparently Some of those things just weren't really adding up and it felt pretty unnecessary as a whole. And I think that it would have made the most sense for Noah and Elle to end up together since they are the central couple of these movies. Lee and Rachel I already talked about, but they really should not have been the endgame couple over Noah and Elle. Also, Elle's hair in the flash forward was just tragic absolutely tragic. The scene where she's um, standing facing her back towards the camera, I literally thought that that was Noah. I was like, oh, Noah, and she turned around, it was Joey King's face, and I was so confused. And I know that this is the haircut that Joey King currently had at the time they were filming this, because obviously she had cut her hair for her role in the act, 
but I think I don't understand why they wanted her to have that um, hair in the flash forward. I just didn't think that it suited her very well. I think that long hair definitely suits her a bit better. And while the wig could have been tragic at times, I think I still think it suited her a lot better than that short hair. I know that they kind of wanted to show us that time had passed, but there's so many other ways to do it. It just, she just didn't look very good with that haircut, in my opinion. Another one of my big complaints about the flash forward ending part was the cheesiness of it all. I didn't like the scene where Noah and Elle are riding away on that motor on those motorcycles at the very end where Elle says um, the like and to think this all started because of a kissing booth or she didn't even finish the sentence. She just goes because of well, you know. And it felt so overly cheesy. In the first one, it slightly made more sense because those are the direct, direct, um, you know, that's the very, very direct aftermath of the kissing booth. So it's like, oh, this started out with a kissing booth. It felt more full circle. But the third movie obviously still has nothing to do with the kissing booth. And it felt like overly cheesy. They wanted to make it cute and nostalgic by including that. But it just made me cringe. And I didn't really like it at all. Speaking of kissing boots, that kissing booth cameo in the flash forward felt so forced and unnecessary. I know they wanted to show us that it was still obviously operational and that Lee and Elle made an impact, but it just, it felt so forced and I didn't really like that. It kind of also added to that line that I just mentioned. It was just the overall cheesiness. It felt very, very forced and unnecessary. So now to discuss the two things I liked about the movie. Um, the first being the Mario Kart scene. So I've seen a lot of people say different things about this scene. Um, and I think that the costumes were obviously a little bit silly. But the general concept of doing this with your friends actually sounds so cool and so fun. It really is like a video game come to life. I genuinely thought that that was kind of a cute scene. And I thought about how fun that would be if I had to do something like that with my friends. I would definitely cut the costumes though, that definitely added the kissing booth factor to it, going over the top and being extra with it, which was unnecessary, but at its core, the concept was a cute concept and I liked that. Um, another thing I liked was that Elle ended up picking a different school entirely. I know a lot of people did not like that. There was a part of me that didn't like it, but then thinking back on it, I was like, this was probably for the best in all situations. Um, it probably sent the right message that you should be doing things for yourself and not for anybody else. But, um, and obviously I saw a lot of discourse about whether people wanted her to go to school with her best friend or go to school with her boyfriend. But I feel like, you know, while both options are obviously good if you're sitting there and you're L, it probably sent the better message to have her pick her own school. And actually, circling back to the unrealisticness of it all, Elle just randomly deciding she was going to apply to USC within a few weeks before school starts and then getting in again. It doesn't make any sense. That's not how it works. You can't just do that. And also, if Elle spent her entire life being clueless about what she wanted to do, where she wanted to go, because she was basing her life around 
Lee and Noah, then how did she decide in the span of two weeks while doing everything with this house that USC was the school she wanted to go to? Once again, things just don't add up. Another thing uh, I wanted to talk about was the beach house. So I was kind of sitting here while they were discussing the beach house thinking why it had never been mentioned before. So kind of in those very early scenes of the first movie, Elle talks a lot about her memories um, with the Flynn brothers and growing up with them. And she never once, once mentioned the beach house. And that's okay, but in the third movie, they made the beach house seem like a really big deal. Every summer they come here, not a summer has gone by without it. So it's made out to be a pretty big deal. So you would think that it would be included in the first one. Um, It obviously makes it seem like it was thrown together, which obviously it was. But I feel like if this beach house was so important, why wasn't it mentioned before? Also, at the in this first movie, uh, Noah they talk about how Noah grew up at summer camp. So I guess there was a summer where Elle just didn't see Noah at all. So I guess that's also something that they didn't really take into an account into account. Another um, question I had is why did Elle decide to become a game designer? I mean, obviously that's a pretty cool interest I've never there's not really that's not really something that's kind of a cliche for them to kind of like to make these characters go into so it was different and it was pretty cool but I think they could have done a better job leading up to it if they were kind of going off the fact that oh she loves dance dance mania I don't know there could have been so many better ways to lead it all back to her wanting to be a game designer. There could have been a way they built up to it. It felt kind of random, and when she did say that that's what she wanted to do, once again, talking about the USC thing, it's just how did she figure all of this out in a couple of weeks? The next concern I had is, why is Lee still holding Elle dating Noah against her? I think my biggest problem with that is that it feels a lot like plot repetition. It feels like it could have stopped after the first movie because every movie we're still repeating the same storyline again and again. We get it. Elle and Noah are dating and them constantly making Lee insecure about it all over again feels like we're going 10 steps backwards after he keeps coming back full circle at the end of all these movies. It feels like we're watching the same plot again and again. So something else I wanted to discuss was the whole Linda situation. So Linda was, um, I guess, the woman that Elle's father begins seeing. And Elle is beyond, beyond rude to her. I do understand that um, she, that Obviously, there's a lot of trouble that somebody goes through when they're dealing with that type of situation. But I did find a lot of Elle's um, reactions to be a bit over the top. I found her to definitely have been very rude about the whole situation. And it's just like it came out of nowhere. There was no backstory that kind of came with it. Also, it's revealed that Linda knew her mother. So what happened there? Why wasn't there any kind of connection? And 
everything like that. And Elle's reasoning for going off on Linda several times is just stemming from the fact that she was like, oh, I've been so stressed about everything and it was this on top of it all. But it was really like you didn't have that much to be stressed about. You were just lying to the two most important people in your life. And obviously she's going through stuff. It's valid. But it's just, I think, once again, just reading back, it's just the main problem of these movies is that these are all situations that can be very, 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 very easily solved if you just takes two seconds to step back and think about it. You can solve this situation immediately. So now I have a last, like, just few questions um, that I had about the films. So, first being, why did the Flynn's allow a bunch of teenagers to deal with the details of selling the house? So none of these kids are very skilled, to our knowledge, in the business and marketing department. And even if they were, why would you trust just leaving a bunch of kids to deal with all aspects of selling your house? It didn't really make any sense for the Flynn's to do that. Um, And it just, it felt very out of place. Out of them, Elle is the only one that we've, or maybe even Rachel a little bit, but she doesn't really have any depth at all, let's be honest. But Elle is the only one that they've hinted at several times is supposed to be very smart. We've seen glimpses of it um, where she's kind of, she's the only one that gets super stressed when she has detention or she's kind of actually trying to go to class or she's the only one that we really ever see studying and stuff like that. But even at that, that's not enough. And as for the other two, we really don't know anything about Lee's academic anything. But I guess if he got into Berkeley... And then Noah, I don't really know if he's smart at all. I mean, he still shouldn't have gotten into Harvard because he he probably has a really long-ass just record of detentions and suspensions and etc, etc, etc. It just doesn't make sense, whatever being. These kids, selling a house makes no sense. So... Next topic, um, or next question, why was Marco planning to base his life plans around L? So in L and Marco's final scene together, it's, I guess, they wanted it to be very bittersweet, but more than anything, it was just ridiculous. He talks about how he was going to stay in California for this girl, and he obviously implies that it's her. It's just so clear that he's not an option at all, and even if he was an option, he would still just be an option. Why would he base his entire life plans around Elle? It just seemed very silly to me, and I know that they wanted it to come off as bittersweet, cute, endearing, whatever, but it just came off as ridiculous and pretty stupid, in my opinion. The last thing, couple things I wanted to talk about is real quick touching on these rules. So we kind of established in the first movie that these rules were things that Lee and Elle made when they were children, and they are therefore kind of stupid and they can't be taking them so literally. So why in the second and third movie are we still continuously bringing these rules up? 
A couple rules here and there are cute, you just bring them up, but some of these are still holding so true to, and they're just bad rules in general. These rules are childish. They should be left in the past. I feel like we keep coming back here. These movies are just very repetitive. So the last comment I actually have to make about the this movie was um, the scenes where there were childhood Lee and Els. I just wanted to comment on that. I didn't even know where to place this in my script, but I was like, let me just kind of leave it hanging off at the end. But was it just me or those childhood Lees and Els very creepy looking? I think they, once again, they were trying to make it come across as very cute, looking back at their, like, younger selves. But it was just super creepy and jarring, because they were coming out at moments you weren't really expecting it. So it just, it kept catching me off guard and just scaring me. I was like, this, this is a, it just kind of reinforced every time those things, those people came up. I was like, oh my god, when is this movie going to be over? But anyways, that kind of leads us to the very, very end. And my final, final, final thing I want to say is just thank God these movies are over. I've definitely had enough. I think we've all had enough. They've been stringing us along for too long now. And I guess that's good on their part. They kept us coming back for more. I'm so happy I won't have to watch any more of these Kissing Booth movies. But... I mean, it was a time, and who knows, maybe one day people will think that they were cool, and I can just say I watched them the days they, kept, they, they came out. Who knows? But anyways, that's kind of all I have for this episode, for this time. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, once again, hit the follow button, hit the notification bell. And that's pretty much it. Um, and I guess I will talk to you all next time. Bye! Mm-hmm.